enter the crib. Your strike back sit rep starts in three, two, one. Wait, do we go on zero? Welcome back. We apologize for the break between my move and being sick and life being insane. We took a long pause, but we are excited and ready to finally talk about the last season of Strike Back with Scott and Stonebridge. Pouty face. Wah, wah. <laughs> Big pouty face. Uh, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Deb. So this season is my favorite season. I love all the stuff with North Korea. Uh, it is also uh, by far my most emotional season. It's the one I spend the most time screaming at the TV screen, uh, <laughs> yelling, no, don't you do it, and don't take his happy ending away, and how could you kill this person, and it's terrible, and it's emotional, and somehow, uh, I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, too. It's not my favorite, but I do love it. And I can't, I can never divorce myself from the feeling of what it was like going through it as it unrolled, you know, in real time and just how every week it just, it got, even though it was really exciting and it was really good, it got harder and harder to watch because it was just like, you just, I didn't want to say goodbye. So, yeah. 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 It's a lot of emotions. I mean, even watching it again, I mean, the scene with, with Richmond in the car and, and, just her face as she stares out the window and cries, knowing she's about to die and there's nothing she can do. It was heartbreaking. It, and it is. It's heartbreaking, devastating every time because she every is time. just such a badass. She's so amazing. And to see her just heartbroken and devastated and scared and done, it's just, it was too much. Too much. God damn it, guys. It's too much. <laughs> And yet, I mean, we kind of knew it was coming because you just knew it couldn't be that perfect. And you saw it on Stonebridge's face when when um, Scott was saying, you know, I, my perfect family came to me. And, and Stonebridge just gives him that look of, yeah, yeah, dude, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> and, it, and while they're in the tuk-tuk and it's just, I mean, you just knew I didn't think it was going to happen that you quickly. You knew. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, like, she'd made it that long, and here she is with Scott, and it's, like, finally happening, and it's wonderful, and it's lovely, and surely, surely, in the last season, uh, they're not going to just <laughs> break my heart. But, of course, they did. And then after that, of course, I'm just waiting for Scott and Stonebridge to die for the rest exactly. of the season. Because I thought, exactly. well, then that, why don't they just kill them all? Yeah. Well, and I mean, logically, with everything that unfolded in this season, their deaths <laughs> would have made more sense. But I'm certainly glad they didn't kill them. Yeah. Um, but uh, should we back it up and go back to maybe the beginning? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we, you know, the beginning of the season, we, everyone was so pumped for it, and it, it, you know, we were expecting it in the summer of 2014. And then had to wait an additional year because of um, Sully's injury pushing everything back. So I mean, it just raised the tension even higher that we had to wait so much longer for this season. And so expectations were so huge. And, you know, finally having a showrunner come back in um, MJ Bassett and knowing that she sort of had a vision of how she wanted to, to see it go. And so I think, you know, even though we knew it, even going into the season that it was the final season, the final uh, season, you know, it just, oh man, it was, I was just so stoked for the season to see how they were going to do this. And, um, and the first block certainly did not let us down. Written, shall we say, yay, by Jack Lothian. Yeah. the current showrunner. So, you know, of course we didn't know that he would be a future showrunner, but he certainly started off the season strong. So oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, first of all, let's just talk about the setting It's beautiful. I oh, mean, all uh, the, the stuff along the river and, and, and I mean, it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous watching everything happen. Um, you start off right with a bang. I mean, it, you just jump straight into it 
there's there's not a lot of setup that we normally see. It felt like everything was to me anyways, it felt like everything was already happening. Right, exactly. And and, and so it was very exciting. We start right off. Um, you have Chloe Foster who's been kidnapped, the team's gonna be sent in, and then Foster, you know, ha- blowing up the embassy in order to to try to save his daughter. Obviously, he didn't have to, but he didn't know it. Um, and, and until it was too late. Until it was yeah. too late, you know. And a parent, of course, would do anything to save their children. I think that's pretty common. Um, but <laughs> yes, many parents have been forced to blow up embassies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, so common. <laughs> Common sacrifices. Parents will make sacrifices in order to save their children. Um, Do they make this many sacrifices? Maybe not. But it is, I want to first talk about Lena, um, Michelle Yeoh, who is phenomenal and is one of, I think, the best villains, one of the best baddies um, in Strike Back. And one of the things I think makes her so amazing is I was totally fooled at the beginning. Mm. And I shouldn't have been because she's a big name and that should have been fairly obvious to me. And I think I suspected, but I was, I misunderstood. I thought that Chloe was her daughter with Foster. I didn't realize that, that like it was not. So I, to me it was like, well, of course she wouldn't have like threatened her own daughter's life. Now, not <laughs> only did out she probably would. By yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. She probably would have. I mean, yeah. once we learned like she's, amazing she is a a dedicated insanely dedicated to her vision for north korea not like because once once everything changes she's still like no i'm gonna go forward but i think she's phenomenal in this i just absolutely love her and what a score getting michelle yo i mean my god is there how i i can you think of a greater female action hero action star out there I mean, she's amazing. Yeah, that was just such a score, such a score. And she and Robson Green together were fantastic. I was going to say, she and William Lee were fantastic, too, to have him on there. You know, we are such fans of him and and love his work. And so the two of them together was, I mean, they're just bomb. Yeah. The only thing that could make Warrior better would be maybe having them make a little appearance. Yeah, that yeah, that would be just about the only thing that could make that <laughs> amazing freaking show any better. Although, <laughs> like, have, I have, have that no doubt that it's going to get better. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course it's going to get better. But um, anyways, enough about Warrior. Back to Strike Back. <laughs> it's amazing. So I think you should tell a story, in, in case people don't know, about um, Philip and, and Michael Bisbane's fight. Oh, yeah, about... <laughs> About the stunt gone awry, yeah. the, the prop gone awry. Yeah, I think what's so cool in that fight is that it did sort of turn out to be a real fight in that one of, there's a that a, there's a point in that pretty vicious fight where Stonebridge takes uh, like a two by four and whacks Bisbing over the head with it. And this two by four had not been scored. So even though it's only balsa wood, that's still a pretty vicious hit when you're watching it. You can see just how hard he hits him. And it's supposed to be scored so that it breaks easily and doesn't, you know, doesn't hurt much or cause any damage. And it wasn't scored. So that thing is really breaking over his head. (laughs) And so it went from, okay, yay, we're having a little fight, too. Holy shit, I just hit this guy in the head with this two-by-four, and he's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, we all know that Philip, although he plays a total badass, is like a golden retriever, and Billy right. is, like, an actual killer. <laughs> and I could just see Philip immediately changing from Stonebridge to, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> It was kind of wild to watch Stonebridge especially getting his ass kicked yeah. so many times. <laughs> Although I loved it when, once again, of course, um, Richmond has to get decked in, in when she goes in to put the tracker <laughs> on McQueen. Um, but when they, when that happens and just the brute <laughs> sort of animal force with which they enter that building to get McQueen. Yeah. And, 
I mean, that was just incredible the way they, I mean, it wasn't even like, we're, we're, we're not even paying attention to you guys. Just get out of our way. And then just crashing through that mirror. Oh my God. That was just the best. I loved that. But then they get out of the building and get their asses kicked. <laughs> I just thought that was hysterical. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, the whole thing is such a mess. Um, <laughs> Elsa's new, right, was Section 20. But it does, you know, it's funny because I think about one of my favorite fights from last season was Warren getting his ass kicked in Episode 1 just because yes. it was unusual. Exactly. And you can see the, the look on the guy's faces is like, what? I'm like, this guy's kicking my ass here in the street. Yeah. And then they just sort of get, in, you know, like jump into the van and run away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's amazing. It's it just it stands out, and like he's only in those those that first blog, but the impact that he has because it stands out is a similar impact as uh, you know the first block last year. Because you know Warren's like, well, all right, if you want to do this, because he always kicks ass, and then he gets right. his ass whooped, and then of course, um, you know, Elaine gets her ass whooped, but then in the end, it's that brutal. Ugh. Oh God, that next stab. This thank God we don't have another next stab. Oh. I guess it would have been the first next stab, and the Alin would have been the. Well, anyways, you get the idea. But uh... <laughs> don't pretend a next stab in the first season that was right. pretty vicious. Yeah, but and Julia, I mean Richmond, well, she's very stabby. She had how many stabbies did yeah, she she's have? Got a she lot was of stabbies. an awesome next stabber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Novin's next stab was definitely the most. Well, yeah, she that was brutal. Yeah, brutal because she was like, I mean, it was that or she was dead. So, but so speaking of that, we then they go into that whole, you know, sort of shack town maze fight, and it, that's what happens to Stonebridge is he's literally in a fight for his life with Bisping and. Again, Julia rescues him, yeah, which was awesome. Does. That was totally awesome. And then they I, kill her well, later. Well, every time we talk about her, I'm just gonna go. And then they kill her later. <laughs> okay, no, I won't. Cause this <laughs> podcast will take a really long time and be really disheartening. But she got to kick some serious ass in in the first block, which was kind of cool. Like when she and Martinez went to go get McQueen's wife. And she had to. She had a little hand-to-hand combat there. That was pretty cool. All right. So, all right. So, at the end of episode one, they rescue Chloe, but the embassy still goes. The bomb, you know, blows up. A North Korean general's dead. Uh, Foster is in the hospital. And is it where we pick up in episode two? And this is where we discover that uh, that Lena is, or that May, that May. is Lena. Because she brutally, I say brutally, because even though she didn't stab him, the callousness. Yeah, she coldly. She kills him and then struts out and then screams. (laughs) It's like just (laughs) like a reptile. I mean, just cold-blooded. Yeah. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. And they think they're... I love that she, that Luan, the the secretary or assistant, you know, is basically willing to to take the rap for her. And so they think it's her, you know, haul her off to question her. And things <laughs> then get, yeah, things get a little hairy back at the crib. Yeah. The crib gets hit. And is this when Scott gets taken? Because Scott gets hit, too. No, Scott gets hit uh, later, doesn't he? No, he gets hit. He gets hit at the dam. No, um, no by hit, I mean, like, he goes to get the kid, and uh, oh. they get hit. I thought you meant, like, he got, like, He got shot. shot. No, no. Okay. When, when Scott hit, yeah. No, that's block two. We're, are we yeah. in episode two or block two? We're in two? episode two. Okay. I'm sorry. Back no, no, up. no, you're good. Okay. So they figure out that Office 39 is involved. Is Office 39 a real thing? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to look that up, and I never did. I don't know. You know what? I will look it up really quick on my computer. You keep talking, and and then I'll look it up. 
Okay, so they figure out that Office 39 is involved and decide <laughs> that they're, they're going to go, you know, check out Office 39 and they have to scale that building, which is hysterical. Okay, now let's just talk about the fact that Stonebridges had his shoulder dislocated and now they're going to scale this building, <laughs> which is totally not realistic for somebody who just had his shoulder dislocated, but okay. And then not only that is this whole climbing up the building, not realistic, but Scott purposely steps on his shoulder to get up to the yeah. building. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> They're invincible. Don't you know that they heal yeah. instantaneously? Yeah. Although the look on his face is like, and I love, it's those little attentions to detail. Like, yes, it's completely unrealistic that he could scale this building. But at least when he gets to the top, his his arm hurts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have an answer for you. So there is an Office 39, uh, also awesome. referred to as Room 39, or Bureau 39, or Division 39. A secretive, but on the internet, North Korean party <laughs> organization that seeks ways to maintain the foreign secret the foreign currency slush fund for the country's ah. leaders. Okay. So, so it is real. That's it cool. Is yeah. I mean, I guess it is like, you well, know, it's like a crime syndicate, which is what it is. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's exactly the same thing as it is in the show. Yep. yep. So, like, um, so yeah, so a real thing. Yeah. Except as not, you stuff. know, trying to get a nuclear bomb. Well, I mean, they could, I guess they wouldn't know about <laughs> they it. could well be. So. Well, if they're if they're maintaining, you know, the foreign currency slush fund, then they're definitely involved in anything going on nuclear there. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so then we get into block two, which is crazy because we learn that the Yakuza is involved. Right. And this to me is so crazy because I get that the Yakuza is all about money. But man, Japan and Korea uh, you know, it's a very complicated, not great relationship in general. And North Korea in particular is such a bad thing. And, and you know that if the, I mean, in real life, if the, North, if the North Koreans get nuclear, like long-range nuclear capability or biological or chemical, Tokyo is one of the first targets, absolutely. Right. And so I just keep thinking about the Yakuza, like helping them with this. And I'm like, this is insane because like your people are literally their target and not just like your cultural people or whatever, but like you literally like the heads of your organization live in Tokyo. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, it just, to me, is just so crazy that they were involved, but, but it does make for an interesting story. So the Yakuza, it does make for an interesting story and um, everything gets even more interesting when the Yakuza enter the picture, because we've got, Eventually we get to the island where there's just like so much action, but so much happens to get them there Yeah. that, you know, oh man, I mean, they've got, it's the Yakuza who hit the crib and hit Scott. So you've got, you know, those two sort of worlds of action going on simultaneously. And then you've got, you know, Stonebridge who in that vicious crib hit, Oh my God, that was vicious. Loses a friend. And then they realize they don't know where Scott is. And they're pretty much assuming that he's dead as well. So, you know, everything is just starting to be taken away from Stonebridge. And oh, it's just so sad. It is. Because you, yeah. you can, you know, he, you can see it on his face. He just, he knows this is like the, it's what he's lived in fear of for four seasons now, that everything is just slowly being taken away from him. Oh, yeah. Totally. The utter, like, just fuck it all attitude that he gets, especially uh. we see in episode four when he's rescued by the CIA guys and he's like, I don't care if I die. And his basically whole attitude from then on is just like, I don't give a shit anymore. I want to stop the bad guys, whatever. He's so casual with his life. Um, he's just so done. And then there's Scott, on the other hand, who now has just met his son for the first time. 
Right. And is immediately on the run with his son, trying to protect him. That and was scary. It, it that was. was scary. Absolutely. And it was like, Scott has someone to live for, not just Richmond, but someone else, and someone to protect. And in the same moment that, that, that Stonebridge is going, fuck it, Scott is desperately trying not to. And, right. and it's a very, it's hard. It's such, it's such a role reversal from yeah. when we first, from when they first met each other, Absolutely. where Scott really has nothing to live for anymore. And Stonebridge has everything. And, you know, over the course of four seasons, you've just seen everything switch. And uh, oh, it's, yeah. I can't stay that way. No, no. And it's, it's yeah. very, very difficult. So you have uh, Masa Yamaguchi, who plays Shiro, and uh, he kills his dad and then frames, you know, Oh, that was good. Oh, yeah, he's brutal. And he just, he gets what is coming to him, uh, thankfully. Yeah. But not after a cool fight with with uh, Stonebridge and yeah. then, you know, Stonebridge being left behind. Yeah. I mean, yes, he said to, but oh my God, why would they do that? <laughs> um, and, you know, basically he's a sitting duck there and, you know, it's the one time that I like Mason and Faber. So yeah. Except yeah. So, so Mason and Faber show up CIA sort of um, the cheesiest looking, <laughs> I mean, with the mullet and the, like, I just, the whole thing, I was like, these guys look like the biggest, dorkiest, not dorkiest, because dorkiest is, like, nerdy, but, like, skeeviest, maybe, <laughs> is, like, a better word. Very obvious, like, mercenaries who you just know are bad guys. Like, they didn't try to hide that they were going to be bad guys at right. all. Right. Uh, and I think you mentioned when we talked before that it, it does seem like everybody's caricatures, right? Yes, yeah, whatever. Exactly. It, but it yeah. works. It's not bad. It's not overdone. But it does. I mean, th- those guys especially. I mean, yeah. golly, the way they talk, like everything is just <laughs> you kind of roll your eyes and you hate them and you're ready for them to die from like literally they just save Stonebridge and you're still like. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, in, in talking about that whole, like, you know, that the, the characters in the beginning of this all sort of, they're, they're all, they're all cool. They're all believable, but there's just that slight edge of just being slightly over the top. Every character is just slightly over the top and cartoonish in a way. And when you think about it, it's so, it so fits the setting of, of Thailand and of Bangkok because everything's so bright and everything's mm-hmm. so overblown in, in Bangkok, especially, but you know, everything about Thailand is just extreme. And so <laughs> that we get these sort of caricaturish, you know, characters, I think is also just fitting to the setting that they were in that everything is just a bit extreme. And that goes for these two as well, which yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they saved Stonebridge, but it also puts, you know, that that scene when they're on the boat and he's just like, you know, uh, Shiro's mine. I don't care. Kill me in the process. But, you know, he killed my buddy and, and I'm getting him no matter what. And that just that resolve of Stonebridge is like, it's this is going to be my last thing, but fuck it. Yeah. I'm doing it, you know. Oh. The whole thing, I mean, it's all very devastating because then they go out together and if those guys had been on the level, yeah. maybe Richmond wouldn't have, wouldn't have died. Exactly. And, and that is devastating. Although it is interesting because there is a part of me that's like, I mean, they go and their actual mission is like kill Shira, right? But I mean, that's sort of what Stonebridge wanted. Yeah. But it wasn't the mission. So he actually got his shit together you know, to stop mm-hmm. them and try to, you know, actually follow the mission. But then the worst thing happens and Richmond gets taken. And we get the most horrible scene with her and Lena. And then you get the like, yay, Scott's alive. And then God, that fucking scene of him driving the motorcycle, trying desperately to get her. Yeah. I, I am glad that they at least 
spoke to each other before before that you know that at least yeah at least she knew he was alive and at least she knew he was okay and they spoke to each other and the last things they said to each other at least were loving and positive and you know at least that happened and I have to say it never it just never leaves me that the you know it's it's Martinez and Richmond and Martinez's idea is that Richmond, you know, distract them so she can blow up the car. And then when Mar- when Richmond gets taken, Martinez just freezes, like doesn't even try to help her. And that's always really bothered me that again, you know, it's the woman who's the who's the weak link in that. And then I I remind myself that okay, you know what? Martinez is not Section 20. She's not trained at that level. Right. She's, she's DEA. She's different. Right. It, she's totally different. She's not trained for this kind of work. And they've, and they've, you know, let that be as part of the story the entire time that she's been there, that she's not that brutal. And she's not that cold in her training. She's not that composed in her training that she could just look past, you know, look past her own fear in that, in that moment and get out there and help Richmond, that she froze. And so, you know, that, yeah, it hurts that that Scott is so angry with her and sees her as part of the reason that she died. But it's true. It is true. You know, no, ultimately, it's not your fault that she died. But if you had been Section Train 20, Section 20 trained, maybe she would have had a fighting chance. That just kills me to say that, but you know, in a way, at first for so long, I've been so like, damn it, why did you do this again to another female character? And then I thought, you know what, Jack, good on you. That makes sense that that would happen. So, well, and, and frankly, it was her and not Richmond this time. (laughs) So she's allowed to make a mistake. You know, people do. People make mistakes all the time. The guys make mistakes and, oh yeah, it's just mistakes constantly. This one was a terrible it was a terrible mistake and beautifully shot. But that scene of, of Scott coming, you know, towards the camera on the bike and then the skidding and the, and, and the holding Richmond. And it, it is, it's one of those forever ingrained in your memory because it's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful and it's devastating. And I literally at the time was screaming at the screen. Don't take his happy ending away. And which is very terrible of me because I was more, I guess, in the moment, like, I should have been more concerned, like, don't kill her. <laughs> I know. I love that's what I'm thinking. Don't kill her. And because, you know what? She did not have to kill her. Right. She could have just She could have just out. let her go yeah. and thrown her out. Of, she did not have to kill her. So, so it, it didn't, yes, I think for the whole arc of the story to have, have been as powerful as it was, it made sense that Richmond would die and it, it's part of the job. And, you know, it was horrific because it really didn't have to happen. But I think as far as the plot goes, it had to happen. And I, 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 I like the fact that they got those two down to just, just the two of them and fighting for their lives at the most basic, you know, primal level. And I think it, I don't know that anything else, you know, except for perhaps them dying, I don't think anything else would have been as powerful. Right. And that's, that's, yeah. And I I would like to bring up, because we have talked about fridging before, that this is definitely not a case of fridging. Oh, no, definitely. Because this is, this is a fully fleshed out character who had a fully fleshed out story and she did not just die for Scott. Her, he was obviously affected by her death. But but it was not that was not the entire purpose behind her plot and and so it was really well done and and fortunate and I think that that is something that um, Jack Lothian has been really good about not doing um, yeah which is definitely. very nice but, and important so yeah. so we move from there into North Korea and this is all my favorite stuff uh, I just they're so sneaky yeah. and quiet and then of course there's like then the not sneaky and quiet part yeah but um. And it's so tense the entire time. It's just so tense. Ugh. 
I mean, I really, to me, I really think he did a great job writing these episodes. Jack, way to go. Um, because, you know, you really felt that sense of them being on their own and how terrifying that must have been to just be moving literally feet at a time, you know, after they're sort of on their own and trying to get um, away into that power plant. And they're literally just <laughs> moving feet at a time. Oh, yeah. I mean, just incredible. And like you said, so tense. I mean, there's literally like n almost no... I mean, the guys have their, like, whatever, you know, their dialogue between each other, but it does not feel the same as so many where you have the tension and then a break and then a tension and then a break. This yeah. is this is the whole time relentless, and and you think they're almost done, and then yeah. well, you hear a voice in the forest, yeah. and it's devastating. Can we talk about that foundry explosion first, though? <laughs> Can we please? Because that was fucking awesome. It was. It was huge and amazing and beautiful. Yes. Beautifully filmed. Oh, my God. That was. And again, well, first of all, because MJ got to use her drone going up and get, getting all those overhead shots of, of, like, Scott on the stairwell. And, um, but you really, you got to you got a really great sense of the enormity of the structure and the enormity of the task at hand. Yeah. This wasn't like a small building that this was a lot of charges that needed to be set and a huge, you know, a huge distraction that needed to be, that needed to be implemented and their chances of getting out of there were so slim. And it was, you know, because not only to survive getting out of the building if they were able to, you know, blow it up, could they get out of it in time? But then after they blow it up, that means, you know, they've got to make it to their exfil without getting caught because it's certainly no secret that somebody's blown up the building. Right. So, you know, those million men are going to be right on their asses as soon as that building goes up. So, I mean, every minute of that time before, before and after they're captured is so tense and terrifying. There, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, I'm like distracted. I can't even like concentrate on what I'm like. I'm like, what are we talking about next? Because I'm like just remembering those moments and stuck in the cycle of like, holy shit, holy shit, <laughs> exactly. holy shit. I mean, there were so, and, and again, this at this point, I think, was when I really started when they sorry when they get captured and they're being tortured was oh when I really started worrying about one of them not making it because right. now Richmond is dead and this looks real bad and they've really? gotten out of some real bad situations before but this is like real real bad and I know that Stonebridge is done and and I know that Scott is desperate but they have his son and how the fuck do you get out of North Korea? <laughs> not, not only this, this escape this basement where you're being beat up by, uh -huh. by Lena and Kwan, but like then actually escape an entire country with not just two guys who are trained to sneak around, but a kid. But a kid, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, and let's talk about that whole interrogation scene and how they do get out of there because this was Stonebridge at his mm -hmm. finest this this was his you know this was his training all Absolutely. right there in those few minutes where where poor scott is just losing his shit and you know he's not one known to keep his shit together very well anyway but this is you know i don't know that anything could have been worse um his son is being tortured he thinks his son has been killed and then his son is getting tortured and routine you know constantly threatened to have his head blown off and there's nothing he can do. And so he's real. I mean, there's just, there's nothing thinking going on for him. He's just totally lost it in terms of being able to think his way out of this. And you know, that it's up to Stonebridge to stay calm and outthink Lena. Yeah. And that scene where he just plays her oh, right. Boom. The I mean, just amazing. Is 
brilliant. Yeah. That, oh, that is just, that is. Bravo, bravo to Jack Lothian because that dialogue is phenomenal. And Philip gives it, oof. He's got like that mean face that he puts on <laughs> that is just like. I mean, it's so out of character from everything we know about him as a person. Which, yes, I know, he's an actor, and actors act, and they act like they're not, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But still, I'm like, where the fuck did that mean face? That mean face is like... Mean? (laughs) It's really fucking mean. (laughs) It's really mean, Deb. And if we ever talk to him and he looks at me like that, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Let me clear. Oh... Well, I just, and I love that, you know, he's able to communicate to Scott when he says, go ahead. It's not my kid. I don't care. Yeah. And the the look that they exchange between each other, because he, you know, Scott knows, wait a minute, he would never say that. Right. Okay. I need to pay attention. Yeah, something's going on. There's something that's going to happen here. And that, you know, that gets Scott out of it and gets him back to thinking like a soldier and yeah. thinking about how, you know, how are we going to get out of this? Because yeah. we can get out of this because my partner's got my ass. So let's get out of this. And, you know, then they just go full on Section 20. And when he headbutts her, oh, my God, Michelle Yeoh is so good in this scene. So good. You know, Ugh. When he had Butzer, it is freaking awesome. But man, does he take a beating before that. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. You know, so I have to tell, uh, I saw a funny story that, this, so Michelle Yeoh and her acting, her physical acting, and, and I think you look, because it's probably sexist too, but you look at her and you don't think about her as a super physical actor just based on sheer appearance, right? And I saw, I don't know if you've seen the Mary Poppins, the new one. And I saw an interview with uh, Emily Blunt and Lynn manuel Miranda were talking about Meryl Streep and how mm-hmm. she was, like, talking to them and talking to the kids. And like, let me teach you how to do a pratfall. And they were like, <laughs> what? And they turn around, they look at her, and she's all of a sudden flat on the ground. Like, just <laughs> totally, like, and they thought, oh, my God, this is how Meryl Streep dies. Like, it was just this <laughs> totally convincing, like, face down, fall, like, done. And then she hops up, and she's like, that's how it's done. And I think about... <laughs> that with Michelle Yeoh that she's just like oh this is how you do it and just gives a master class in physical acting because she's brilliant um but yeah so I just thought I'd share that (laughs) totally (laughs) totally unrelated (laughs) nonsensical story but that's where my ADD took me so you're welcome (laughs) thank you thank you Okay, so they shoot their way out of the <laughs> out of the torture chamber, and then they're on the run in that freaking maze of a building in Hungary um, that's now appeared in how many TV shows? But <clears throat> um, such an awesome place to shoot. But um, that whole, you know, running their way through that twisty, turny set of of hallways and having no idea where they're going and just getting to the point of desperation and then they get you know out of the building and find a vehicle and that just everything's happening so quickly and you know the shots are just coming from everywhere and philip widgeter's like busting out of that t-shirt <laughs> i mean I, I don't know what the hell you did over the off season philip but you were total beast mode in, in the last season. I mean, he just looks like he put on, I don't know how much more muscle than he had between, you They're know, like, from well, Shadow Warfare. same shirts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his voice was lower. And I know I've read that, you know, it was all that he trained and all natural between seasons three and four. And, um, you know, he obviously trained really hard because he bulked up significantly everywhere. And, you know, put to good use, put to good effect throughout the entire season. So they fight their way out of that finally. And, you know, you think they're, <laughs> you think they're on their way to their exfil and oh no, the kid got shot. Oh yeah. That was not good. Oh, that was scary. That was scary. But he's going to be fine. We all know that. And, and, and we, unfortunately, I think the hard thing is we say goodbye to Martinez in this episode. 
Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, but I have to say that I think you thought that that mean look from Stonebridge in uh, while they were being interrogated was rough. That scene in the hospital where Scott's in with the kid getting, you know, getting his wound taken care of and Stonebridge is in the hallways trying to keep everyone safe. Yeah. That scene where, you know, he distracts, you know, misdirects the soldiers and then is standing behind them in the little room off. That to me is the most cold he has ever looked that he that look on his face where he's just like okay and here i go i'm just gonna slaughter these guys because i'm you know just because you know they're at their wits end they're if he doesn't slaughter them they're definitely slaughtering him and he wants to protect you know scott and finn but the look that he gets on his face right there is probably the favorite look (laughs) through the entire series for me because it's just you know that the switch goes on and he's just a cold-blooded killer that he doesn't want to have to be but he has no choice and oh that is just a brutal scene to me absolutely brutal and then they have to fight their way out oh so good you know he got the job done and that was it right yeah Um, but now he's just done and he will protect Basically, the last person who means anything to him and the person who means the most to that guy. Right. Um, And Locke, of course. He's protecting family. That is his family there. And he's going to do whatever he needs to do. And, you know, I mean, he had had no choice. He had to shoot those guys. And it was was mission, part of the mission as well. But just the look he gets on his face is just so, wow. What a great scene. Great scene. And then they get out, they get the truck, they get out. <laughs> and some sort of improbable, like, you could have still driven that truck. It didn't blow up. But okay. <laughs> to get onto the horse. That was kind of fun. Yeah. And that awesome helicopter. The helicopter. That helicopter rescue was awesome. Yes. That was a very classic helicopter coming over the horizon to save them. That was amazing. And then you have Lena and Quan who, this is where we talk about, you know, that maybe she would have threatened her own daughter's life because she kills her own father. And, right? Is he her father? Yeah. Are, is that firmly? I've, I've thought that, and then I've not thought that. And yes, I thought that, that is her father. Okay. Yep, that is her father. So she kills her own father. Uh, and is no longer going to be mission-oriented, or no, no longer going to be country mission oriented, I guess. Right. But like, yep. I'm going to do this because I believe that this is the best thing for the country. I believe I've worked way too long and been under for so long and had to be married to that pitiful white man for so long. <laughs> and and we're going to do this. And thankfully, yep. Quan, her, or thankfully, pff, her <laughs> thankfully, uh, she's saved by Quan and they become rogue. They go rogue and they decide to go to Europe. And this is where the team goes. So, right. And can you think of anything much scarier than rogue North Korean agents with access to nuclear weapons? I was going to say, with access, no, with access, no. <sighs> yeah. So, next is Vienna. Woohoo! And tuxedos. And tuxedos. <laughs> and um, oh, what is her name? The Russian who I just... Um... Dansky? Uh, Nina. Nina Piragova. Piragova. Uh, yeah. Piragova. Like, say it again. Piragova. Piragova. Nina. Okay, you were just going to say Nina and her <laughs> lust over Stonebridge because I would totally Played, lust over her. Oh, yeah. T- played by uh, Teresa Serbova, who's yeah. great. She's a great actress. She is. She's great. So, on to Vienna. And unfortunately, here is where things go wrong for Locke. Yeah. Really, really wrong. And, and this is another great that they, thing that they do in this is that they wrap up Locke's story. And, you know, that they set, you know, they planted those seeds when Locke first was on the show and, you know, kind of interwove 
the whole Stonebridge and Locke senses of loss and losing family because of their jobs and, um, you know, at the end of the, of the season when he's like, you killed, you know, did it help killing, um, what's the <laughs> did it help did it help killing Hanson Hanson yeah. I was about to say Gregory yeah. that's right that's his first name right no no <laughs> we're totally leaving that in that's fine okay so yes did it help killing Hanson and he's like yes and he's like I'll never get that chance in my terrible terrible freaking sideburns we'll have to stay in history forever Ugh. Oh, so it was great that, you know, as soon as you hear Oppenheimer and you and that he was a bomb maker for the IRA, you're like, ooh, that's not coincidence. No, it's not. And so, you know, you know, you I mean, know it's a okay. little coincidence <laughs> that the team that they're chasing now is like <laughs> working with. But, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it is the last season, so we're going to go ahead and yeah. <laughs> let a lot of things fly <laughs> that normally we wouldn't. Because there was a lot of stuff that happened in the season that just, no. But we're going to let it fly because it was good. The whole Oppenheimer thing was cool. It, it was, but it was hard. I mean, because yeah. Locke has kind of, he's, he's supposed to be the Stonebridge could be, right? He's the, right. He's the opposite, like, right? He is. He, yeah, he's the one that everybody wanted to be. He's sort of like, you know. He's the company man. He's the guy who does things the right way. Does things the right way, still does them well. He's not, you know, pencil pusher. He's got, he gets it done, you know. Right. And, 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 and he then, cares about his team. Yeah, and know? then you see him putting everything in danger because of this guy. Right. And, of course, then finding out that, like, this guy was ordered to do the bombing to kill Locke, not his family, and to do it by Whitehall. And that is fucking terrible. Yeah. And, you know, when you think Whitehall can't get any worse. Oh, my goodness. And you find out that that there are people there who've been worse the whole time. Right. Not just, like, that things have gotten bad, but they've been bad. Um, And that's terrible. Oh, it's just terrible. Yeah. You know, like, these guys are putting their lives on the line every single day for people who just don't, you know. I mean, they know that that they're in deniable ops, but they're not just in deniable ops. They're they've got their own people who are just going to kill them. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's just the worst. Yeah. The sense of betrayal was just overwhelming. And then Locke kills him. Do you think he felt better? Um, I think. Well, first we had a whole lot of, um, you know capturing Quan and right right right. but I just mean in general yes I know yes there's um, a lot of other stuff that happens in block four but I'm just saying did do you think Locke felt better no he doesn't live long I don't think he did I don't think he did no I think I, I don't think it's who he is right no it wasn't who he is and but I think he just needed it for the sense of justice of it all that that someone had to pay and that was the only way this guy was going to pay yeah for what he had done because no one else was ever going to hold him responsible yeah um so i don't think he felt felt better after it um and i think you see that in the conversation that they have when the boys show up yeah. where he's you know he says oh you know he 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 pulled the gun and blah 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 and i gave him a chance and yeah we believe you boss and he's like no 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 when you don't, you know, when you, something doesn't sound right, you need to call your superiors out on that. And then, you know, yeah. we, like, said, yeah. we said, we said, we, we understand boss. We didn't say we believed you. Yeah. And then just the silence of, and it's okay. You, you worry <sighs> somebody, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we understand. Yeah. We, but you know, um, it is like different because when, when Stonebridge killed killed Hanson. He had to. Right. In this case, he didn't have to. And it's, it's, it's gotta be. And I think that's why it doesn't, it's not okay with Locke that he did that. I I don't think it was okay that for him, 
but we understand why you did it. Yeah. Okay, so we should talk about the other thing you were going to mention, like, you know, oh. the plot or whatever. They <laughs> capture Quan, and then he's like, no, I'm not going to tell you where she is, because I'm, like, cool with her or whatever. And they, like, let him go, so because no bad guy ever, ever thinks that if they escape, the good guys are following them. It's just that in every pretty- fucking action movie you've ever seen. But yeah, fine, that was- whatever. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> And again, you know, you've got Scott and Stonebridge having to to torture someone, and you know that doesn't sit well with them. But yeah. it's also you that whole setup with Quan was so believable because you knew it was so personal yeah. for Damien, and you knew that that Stonebridge was really, you know, hanging on with the thinnest, you know, by his fingernails to try to keep mission on mission and trying yeah. to keep keep things in order so it was totally believable <laughs> that you know that they hadn't set that up i think that was one of the more believable things <laughs> okay the right. was, that they hadn't set that up it wasn't a surprise that they had yeah but and the the whole conversation between them in in front of Quan to set it up yeah. was awesome yeah. you know i mean you could you could see that yeah it was pretty realistic banter between them at that point that they were just letting off steam and like okay i'm going to say some things now under the cover of this ruse that i really need to say yeah yeah right <laughs> so then we get the like cool bank scene which i think is is so interesting and them when they're like banging on that glass that they can't oh get God. through and they're yeah. so close oh and lena is so cold oh yeah oh when she puts her hand up to that to the oh oh, that to me was another just standout moment in this the best middle finger she could ever have given exactly exactly oh it was was perfect and the shootout to get down there again you know moving by feet to get down there and you can see them working together and you don't you didn't throughout the series you didn't always get a good and and this is in any action you don't always get a good sense of dis, of distance in in a lot of action things <clears throat> but in this you really did get that sense of you know okay we need to make it to here then we need to make it to here then we need to make it to here to get downstairs and you really saw that play out and you saw a really good use of you know using what was on hand and um you know gathering tools as they went and so to then go, get through all that and think we've made it we're going to get them to just being stymied by bulletproof proof glass was just and uh Oh, and just the agony of being that close to stopping them and right. and just watching it happen. Oh. Oh. So good. <laughs> so good. Oh, way to go, MJ. Um, and then, you know, that gets us down into the tunnels that yeah. we see so often in Strike Back. Um, and, you know, I really loved when they, <laughs> when they got out of the tunnels and got stopped by the police. Yeah. That was great. That was great. But that was really funny. Yeah. When they disarmed him and the guys are just sitting there like, did they steal the cop car? That was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. And um, and you have, they got the notebook now. Or they so they know about the notebook now. They got to crack the code. They, They've <laughs> got to find the kid. Got to, like, it's like so, God. They did such a great job of it's so setting complicated. up. It's so complicated, but it's just okay. You know, we need some. We need some humor. We need some relief and the, all the tension right now. So let's let's do this. You know, yeah. and it was just. I, I do feel penis. like this episode you could play on like two times speed and then play that like do 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 do. And like through the whole episode, and it would like line up. <laughs> run over here, then run over here, then run over here, then run over here. Yeah. But there's so much good stuff in it. It's just, you know, I love it. It's just the three of them now. And 
or no, they still have, they, they say goodbye to Nina. So it, right. it's so down it's to the down three, to of, three them. of them. <sighs> and then it becomes down to the three of them minus any protection because the section 20 is officially disbanded, disbanded. and told yep. to come home. And they say, no, because they know that somebody's going to attack freaking Geneva or the UN headquarters in Geneva. And right. like, nobody's going to stop them. Nobody will listen. Nobody wants to stop them, which is just insane. Um, and they're disbanded. So everything they do now, they're rogue. Off the books, totally. Yeah. And that's a little scary. Yeah. So they head to Geneva, yep. and they head to the UN. Yeah. And that opening scene in episode nine, where, you know, they it's Stonebridge, Looks like he's going to get executed. Oh, my God. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I thought, no, don't kill him in episode nine. <laughs> Wait till ten. <laughs> that was scary. That was scary. I was like, oh, phew. It was a flashback or flash forward. But no, is he going to get shot? But then I thought, like, okay, he's probably not going to get shot. So, But that was a great beginning. I thought yeah. that was really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I... This is my least favorite episode of the season, not because of anything other than ultimate betrayal is exposed and Locke gets shot. And you think that they just fixed everything and that's when it happens. And it is utterly fucking terrible. Like it just... I mean, when, when, when they are standing there in the car and all of a sudden realizing, like, something is wrong. Well, they see Mason and Faber. Yeah. They see hired killers. Yeah. And so then, they know. And then... Mm. And they've just, you know, <sighs> gone through all that where they stop this nuclear device. And you can see them, you know, the banter between the two of them inside where he's like, well, I, you know... I know getting awards is important to you, so let's, you know, play this on the up and up. And just, and then to have that happen, God. Ah. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, it just, I, I don't, I'm like speechless. This whole episode leaves me speechless, mostly because of the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah. rest of it is, I mean, the rest of it is amazing. Lena takes them, you know, the UN hostage, she makes her statement. You know, they turn a uh, Office 39 agent back against her because they she realized blah, 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 blah. This is crazy. And then... Highlander is in charge of the police. Oh, my God. Know? Yeah. Like, it's just, there's so much that happens, but I can't even think about all of it because whenever I think about this episode, I just picture Locke's face. When he gets shot. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of... It wasn't a surprise when they executed Lena. Um I mean, it, it it should have been like, but once you saw it yeah. in favor, you knew she was a goner. Yeah. But when Ridley pulls out that gun, yeah, and it's like, oh my god, yeah, doesn't even hide behind. You know, they're yeah. so sure they're gonna kill all these guys that he's that he's the one that shoots them. Yeah, doesn't oh even try. God. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then, and then of course they get in the helicopter and then it it crashes and. Yeah, it crash was scary. Oh, but before it crashes, oh my God! You know, there's that slim hope. You're you're thinking, okay, they got him out of there. Maybe it's not so awful. <sighs> and then he dies in the helicopter, and it, that is just like so awful for Stonebridge. Oh yeah, yeah. That was just that was so heartbreaking. Oh, I mean, Scott is his family, but Locke was his hero. Right. And and he couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. So let's move on because that's like, yeah. it's too much. Okay, so then so then they're, they're, they're stranded. They're being chased. We have, again, um, this, so this is when Scott is shot at the dam. And, yeah, that dam. What? That and I thought, that. He, I thought he was dead. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. that really... 
they the way you know when Scott when when Stonebridge goes off like you know and, and he's like laying there I thought he's done yeah Jesus Christ I mean it's episode ten it's the last season exactly and, and you've just had you know Stonebridge when they're in um um what the hell's the guy's name Oscar's when they're when they get to Oscar's house Oscar's farm and Stonebridge is talking about how he's lost everything. And they, you know, they honor the boss, they toast the boss and, and Stonebridge is, you know, I've lost, I've lost everything, everything in my life I've lost. And it's, I'm, I'm almost glad because I have nothing and no one to care about except for Scott. Um, and so then when Scott gets shot, oh my God. Yeah. The whole thing with Oscar was really difficult because you have this beautiful sort of moment in the farmhouse, not beautiful and like a, a good feeling, but like, you know, he takes them in, he's willing to help them, you know, they have their discussion and then he gets tortured yeah. by the mercenaries. Was... It's just disgusting. I mean, they're just terrible. They're just as terrible as their mullet. And, and it's just, <laughs> just really unfortunate. And then you get to the moment when it does feel like it becomes a suicide mission because the mercenaries are surrounded and it's like, well, we're just going to kill, like, as many of you as we can. And at this time, like, we've now been fucked over by Whitehall, and now we've been fucked over by the CIA and Christy Bryant, because she also oh, is going to turn them over. And, like, so the U.S. and the U.K. have both fucked them both, and now they're done, and now they're just going to die in a, in a shootout, is what it felt like. Well, first of all, I have to say that that damn explosion was fucking amazing. And I have never been happier to see someone get shot than when Christy Bryant got shot. <laughs> and I can't believe that Scott even gave a shit that she got shot. He knew she had betrayed them. Oh, but yeah, that shootout, man, you really thought they were goners. I really, I thought, okay, this is it. Going out in a blaze of glory. Especially when Stonebridge drops the gun. Oh my God. What? That was scary. That was really scary. But that conversation between the two of them when they're all shot up, that first that hit on the house, that was vicious. That was absolutely vicious. Yeah. Everything about that was, you know, full-on primal survival fight to the death, just like Stonebridge's fight up on the top of that hill. Oh, my God. That was vicious with uh, and that knife. And, ooh, that was scary. But um, the shootout when like when Stonebridge takes the knife to the hand, you know, and they just, God, it was just one thing after another. And you, and it feels like it goes on forever, but, but it's, in reality, it's, it's so only quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it, but, ugh, but, and then that's why it's so brilliant is because you feel it from their point of view yeah. that it does. It feels like it goes on for 10 or 15 minutes because it just, it never lets up from the second she gets shot. It's just, you know, overwhelming assault on them. And it really only lasts for a couple minutes. And, but you feel it from their point of view that it's, is it ever going to end, you know? And then they get into, they get into the barn and they think they've got a way out and fuck, can we just get a break? You know? No. Oh, never. Except they finally do. So we find, I mean, they leave us in the middle of the firefight. We're pretty sure everybody's going to die. Cut out. And then suddenly Stonebridge is back in the UK walking through the office, you know, of Ridley. So, right. and he drops those dog tags on the mm. desk and Scott's is there. And you're just hoping and praying that it's a trick. And thank God it is. Right. That was fucked up. And, and you find <laughs> out that not only did really Ridley betray them, but Whitehall really did betray them in right. general. Like, it wasn't just him. Yeah. And and then we have our semi-happy ending with the three boys, Scott and Stonebridge and, and Finn, who thankfully survives as well. Uh, okay, I, I think that's maybe everyone didn't survive, but we already knew they didn't survive. So I thought that was a pretty damn happy ending. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so so a happy ending, and it, I thought I love the touch when like 
they were all going to go their own way, and then Stonebridge yeah. turns around on the bike and comes back to, like, ride off with Scott and Finn. Because, of course, like, Scott, Stonebridge and Scott, like, you know, that's the only family he has left. What's he going to go, go right. do? Like, go be by himself? Like, yeah. he, you know, he has nothing. Yeah, and the you know? look, I mean, I was weeping <laughs> with joy and laughing and crying. And, I mean, oh, when he came back around and they exchange smiles i mean that is just like even to this day when i watch it i still cry and i'm still laughing at the end of it that i'm just so happy they're both still alive yeah and you know and, and at that point day we, they're both still alive <laughs> exactly and at that point we thought you know there was the possibility of a movie so we thought that they were alive for a reason yes but no, no but that's all right because we got a new series with a new team that we also really love and we got to see them and they've been yep. having fun in Rio and we don't know what happened don't ask us what happened because nothing yeah. actually nothing happened nothing really actually happened <laughs> <laughs> so don't freaking ask <laughs> so um, you know what had yeah. been written for the movie had to be scrapped so yep. that's that's life yeah, absolutely. But hey, at least we got them back, and we know they're alive, and they left alive, and thankfully they didn't do, you know, what they did to John Porter. Right. And as Jack Lothian said, they are still alive. So yes. <laughs> there will always be that little tiny shred in me that thinks maybe, maybe someday. Yeah. But, you know, I think our actors have moved on. So yes. if it ever yes. happens again... It's it's a shot in the dark whether it ever happens again because you you need to understand that MJ Bassett does not own Strike Back. Yeah, <laughs> it's not up to her whether a Strike Back movie is made. It's up to Left Bank, and at this point, you know they've canceled the show again. So the chances that they're going to fund a movie are pretty slim. Um, but you never know. Never say never. No, I think we'll, Strike we'll never Back say is never. just one of those things that is never never going to be truly down and out so hopefully we'll see more but and that is it for the scott and stonebridge years from us <laughs> <laughs> and we're i think we'll 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 get back to you on what is next uh for us i don't know if we're gonna go I ahead and we have a couple more seasons to review are we gonna are we gonna review them well, see, I was thinking that one, the last season, I was like, do we review it? I mean, people can go and, and listen to, like, 20 podcasts about it. So I don't know if they – but I guess we should do, like, a one-season wrap-up. But maybe – I was thinking maybe we could get, like, a little guest star to come on well, and help I, us. Yeah, I was thinking maybe know. Dan's got some free time. You so. know, maybe we could do a little review with them, especially about, about, about next season because we never got to talk about it on the podcast. So, you know, right. maybe maybe we'll – Reach out to some to some family and see uh, see what <laughs> we can right. do. And it is almost Thanksgiving, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we did say we were going to show up for Thanksgiving. So um, uh, yeah, so yeah, it'd be great if we could. Um, and you know, I'm, these guys need a break right now. They just got done filming, so I'm sure they are exhausted. Um, but yeah. we have, you know, we have eight seasons of guest stars that we can talk to. Yeah. So. We're working on it. Yep. All right, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks, and tune in next week for another Need to Know session at the Crib. Follow us on Twitter, at Strike Back Crib, out. Out.